0: Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you love being a part of the kingdom of God? It's awesome to be a part of the kingdom of God. may say kingdom a few more times, but you know what? We need to get this understanding that we're not just a part of life. We're not just whatever your name is today. You are a king. You are part of the kingdom. You are reigning in the earth if you have Christ in your heart. Kingdom-focused, it's one of our core values. I'll read over this one more time as we start. We'll go over it quickly. We'll dive right in. Kingdom-focused, we value as Fire Church commitment to advancing the kingdom of God and loyalty to Jesus, our King, above all other allegiances. Hallelujah. We gladly serve in the kingdom of God and work to establish Christ's rightful reign in all the earth. God has given his church authority in Jesus to heal the sick, to raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out devils, and bring freedom and salvation to all mankind. There is no power, everybody say with me, no power that can prevail against the bride of Christ. We do not construct our own kingdom, but pursue unity with the local and global body of Christ in order to ensure Christ receives the reward of his suffering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I shared with you the definition of the kingdom the last two times I spoke on this. And it's awesome that Merriam-Webster has the definition. I'm going to skipping over the first one because you would recognize the political aspect or the governmental idea of what kingdom is. But the second one in Merriam-Webster's dictionary it says often capitalized, <laughs> The eternal kingship of God. The eternal kingship of God. And the realm in which God's will is fulfilled. The realm in which God's will is fulfilled. That's kingdom. How many of you enjoy coming into the kingdom? The realm in which God's will is fulfilled. The place where he supremely rules and reigns over everything. Hallelujah. You have your Bibles with you. Turn with me to the Book of Romans, chapter five. Thank you, Jesus. While you're still turning there truth is John 14 says anyone who believes in me Jesus is saying saying this anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater you believe that this morning that we are called to do the greater works I believe that's both greater in quantity and greater in measure because Christ continues to work in and through us it's him doing these works But Romans 5, I want you to highlight this in your Bible if you haven't already. Verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace in the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Did you get that? I'm going to read that one more time and I'm going to pause as we go through it. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace. Have you received abundance of grace this morning? Have you received grace, the empowering work of the Holy Spirit that allows us to overcome everything in life and provides everything for us concerning life and godliness? The grace of God that allows us to overcome sin. The grace of God that empowers us to be fruitful and victorious in the midst of any circumstance or seemingly dark situation. The grace of God, the abundant grace that allows us to get things that that we definitely do not deserve. And the gift of righteousness, those who receive it, will reign in life. That we are reigning in life. We're not just going through life. We're not, just barely, we're not going through barely getting by street this morning. We are called as children of God to reign in life. If you're not reigning, then you're enslaved to something. Are you hearing me this morning? If you're not reigning, then you're enslaved to something. And you need to look to who or what you are enslaved to this morning and say, you know what? No more. Thus far and no more. Today and no more. Whether that be a person that you think you're looking at in the natural Or a spiritual force, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's fear, maybe it's some sense of bondage that you have in your life, a a sin issue, or or, or something that is going on. The Lord wants you reigning in life, and he's provided everything to accomplish that. Main part of that verse, though, through the one, Jesus Christ. He accomplished it. Turn over with me to 1 John 3.8. If your fingers are fast enough, I'm going to read right through it. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose, he was manifested, that he would rest- destroy, excuse me, destroy the works of the devil. If that was his purpose, that's also our purpose, because he is in us. If you came into this house this morning thinking that you were just going to receive a word that that makes you feel happy this morning, I'm sorry, you're not going to receive that today. You might be happy. You might receive life. You might receive joy, and you should. But I'm telling you this morning, you are a part of a purpose and a mission. You are a part of a kingdom. And as kings, and as we've been mentioning, you are called to rise up in this season, rise up in this hour, and to put on armor because we are in the midst of a battle. We are in the midst of a fight. We are in the midst of war. Whether or not you realize it, there is warfare going on. Even in the natural. Whether you realize it or not, you woke up this morning, there weren't bombs, per se, going off in your front yard. You weren't hearing alarms going off. The ground wasn't shaking. Your windows were still intact. But can I tell you, other places in the earth today... There's bombs that are going off. There's shaking. There's bloodshed. There's there's gunfire. There's 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 hatred going on in the earth today. There's literal warfare that is going on. I'm telling you in the same way there's warfare going on in the spirit every single day. Every single day. I'm not saying this to make you scared or full of full of a, a sense of anxiety this morning. That wouldn't be of the Lord. I'm saying to come into Christ, to come into Christ, the one who destroys the works of the enemy, who has given you the grace, the abundant grace to do the same exact thing, to come armored, to be armed, and to be dangerous. I'm going to repeat this prayer that we mentioned over the past couple of weeks in Ephesians. You can turn here. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, again, I'll be reading out of the Amplified this time. Ephesians 1 verse 15 through 23. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I do not cease to give thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father through the Son, and I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened. Come on, Jesus. Flooded with the light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope. I said cherish the hope. It says cherish the hope that you have. The divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, in essence, God's people. Verse 19, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength. Hallelujah hallelujah, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and world, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in every realm, in subjection under Christ's feet, and appointed him as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's something to shout about this morning. We've got a victorious Christ that we are serving and living and operating with this morning. We've got a glorious inheritance. We've got a hope that we can cherish this morning. We've got the God who has all power, all authority, all dominion. He has everything at his disposal in every single realm. If that's the case this morning, then why do we think, how easily are we convinced by the enemy that when the the slightest of thing goes wrong in our lives, that we immediately succumb to it? We immediately submit to whatever comes our way as, oh, well, I guess I got to go through this again. I guess the enemy's got me one up this time. I guess maybe next time I will get the victory. Hogwash! When you're going through something, I'm not saying you can't learn something through struggle and pain. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Of course you can. Of course we're to be partakers of of Christ's suffering. If, in fact, we are advancing the kingdom of God. And that's when we actually suffer for the kingdom. Not when we just go through life and, and make agreement with the enemy. When we make agreement with the enemy, we're just suffering because we're in the kingdom of darkness, not the kingdom of light. Are you hearing me this morning? That's good preaching.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: (laughs) We serve a king that is victorious. We must see and enter into the kingdom of God. Before we do that, I'm I'm thinking of the, the words that we sing about a couple of times today about coming into strength about coming into strength when we are weak and God being our strength, that we trust in you, Lord. We trust in you, Lord. So many scriptures talk about us renewing our strength and, and the Lord providing strength for us or he is our strength in our, his strength is perfected in our weaknesses, as it says in Romans. God is so beautiful when there is something that he needs to, to Explore, not, not the word. To show off his strength. In your natural body, where is your strength actually shown? Think about it. If I show you a picture of my head, would you say my head is strong? Careful. Careful. But in essence, if you were to look at somebody without knowing their understanding, because you wouldn't know if somebody is strong unless you heard them speak. You would know if, if their mind is strong, if their will is strong, if their heart is strong, unless they spoke. But if you were to look at a person in a picture, what would you look at to say that they are strong? You would look at their physique, right? You would look, they've got some muscles. Perhaps that means that they're strong. I've seen some people that don't look that muscular. And you can say, amen, some, some men in here, you're actually stronger than some of those that have the, the looks of strength, because some people work out just to do that but they don't actually have strength in any case the point of what i'm trying to illustrate here is when you look at the body you look or you don't look at the head to determine strength you look at the body to determine strength did you hear that you don't look at the head to determine to determine the strength you look at the body to look for where the strength is exemplified and shown christ is our head He is the power of God, but he operates his strength through his body. His strength is shown through you and through me. That is his design. We come into that. Hear me, this isn't for you to get prideful and and, and cut off the head, who it is, Christ. We come into alignment and agreement with the word of God, but he shows his strength through his people, through his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're talking about coming into the kingdom of God. Turn with me to John chapter 3. I love this story, and if you, uh, you can turn there. If you've been watching the series of, um, what is it, The Chosen? You guys have seen The Chosen series. It's an awesome series. I I highly encourage it. I'm not saying that you're going to get word for word, exact picture of what happened, you know, with the disciples or with Jesus, but illustrative, uh, or um, Creative license aside, I mean, there's a lot of truth and a lot of powerful things that you can glean from, from those, those episodes. Awesome, uh, awesome thing to, if you're going to be entertained, you might as well be entertained by something that feeds your spirit. But in any case, there's one particular episode where it, or actually a couple, where it deals with Nicodemus. And we're, we're going into this, this passage here where you see Nicodemus. In verse 1 of John chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Let me pause there for a second. Nicodemus, a man of God who knows the word, he studied the scriptures. But he has not seen the power of God operate in his life. Yes, they prayed for miracles before Jesus went to the cross. They tried to see healing. They believed for healing. They believed that God was their healer, as shown in Exodus. They believed that God was their healer. But Nicodemus looks at Jesus, and he sees and hears of all these signs and wonders that he's doing. And he says, there must be something different about you. He's curious Wondering perhaps if he is even the Messiah. So he says, for no one can do these signs unless God is with him. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You see two different thoughts and concepts here concerning the kingdom of God as Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus and giving him the way into eternal life of how he can become part of God's kingdom. He says, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom." In essence, unless you are born again, all of your, your current nature, all of your worldly understanding, all of your conceptualization and understanding that you have needs to be completely wiped away and you need to be born again out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Unless you are born again, you can't see and perceive and understand what the kingdom of God is. Are you hearing me? You, you okay with this? You can't see the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to say, Nicodemus is questioning, well, what does this mean? Are you talking about naturally being born again? That's not possible. Very intellectual, analytical, as are many of us. But then Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. I venture to say to you this morning that there are those of us even in this room that can see the kingdom of God but have not entered into the kingdom of God. Those are two very different things. A couple weeks ago, I went to a baseball game. It was a major league baseball game, and it was awesome to see people operating on the level that they were operating in and playing there. But I saw the baseball game. I didn't enter onto the field and play in the baseball game. Those are two completely different things. Are you understanding and hearing me? There's those of us that are content with just simply seeing the kingdom of God but not entering into the kingdom of God. And I commend you this morning... I plead with you this morning. Don't be those that just simply walk and see the kingdom of God from afar or from a, from a, from a, from a a stand where you can be a spectator this morning, but enter into the kingdom of God. Allow yourself to be born again of water and spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and baptize you. Some of you, some of us in this house need to be baptized afresh with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We need the Holy Spirit to come in and and totally change our vision and our perception of those things that are around us so that we not only see the kingdom, but operate as those in the kingdom. Hallelujah. There's so much in the Gospels about the kingdom of God. I love the kingdom. In the Greek, the most common word for kingdom we didn't go into this in the, the, the past couple of weeks, but it's, it's actually Basilia. Basilia, I may be saying that slightly incorrectly, but it basically means royalty, rule, or reign. Royalty, rule, or reign. And the, it would be, if you were to say kingdom of God, it would be Basilia tau theos, or in essence, theos being God. So you would say God's royalty or reign. When you're talking about the kingdom of God, you're talking about the reign and the rule of Christ. So in essence, the kingdom of God can be translated as the supreme rule and reign of God. An example, when we pray, Jesus taught us how to pray, correct? He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What was the next phrase? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can just stop right there for a moment. Let's read it this way. Not just your kingdom come, but your supreme rule and reign come. Your will be done. Doesn't that take a little bit of a different context or a different understanding when you read it that way? It's not something that's afar off or something that's coming in the future. It's something that can be here right now. Your kingdom, your supreme rule and reign, come now, on Earth as it is in heaven. You're reigning everything there. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Another verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added onto you, correct? Not just seek after the ways of God, not just seek after the things of God or the insights or precepts concerning God, but seek ye first the supreme rule and, be, and reign of God first and all these things will be added onto you. When you understand authority, all of a sudden everything can make sense. All of a sudden things begin to break And you begin to walk into this place of not hoping, but actualizing the kingdom. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Seek you first the supreme rule and reign of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the kingdom, there's a lot of things that take place. And because we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now, I want you to begin to understand that we are... Yes, while we are in a battle, we are in a place of warfare, I need you to understand what weapons are at your disposal so that you're not just in battle without any armor. You're not in battle without any weapons. You wouldn't send people into a fight without something to fight with, right? Unless you were really mean. <laughs> you, unless you were David trying to cover up his sins, sending somebody to the front lines. <laughs> That's a whole nother story, obviously, literally. But God gives us weapons of warfare to win the battles that we are in. He gives us weapons of warfare to win the fight. And in the kingdom, every trial, every battle is an opportunity for us to partner with Christ's victory. That's what it is. How many of you are in a fight right now? How many of you would say that you're in a battle? Whether it be physical, whether it be spiritual, whether it be emotional. It's okay to say yes. Every trial, every battle is an opportunity to partner with Christ's victory. What what does that mean? That means Christ already won. So we're just simply partnering with that victory to establish it where we are. We're establishing, yes, the kingdom rule and reign, the supreme rule and reign of Christ is now operating in and through me. And so now I'm actualizing his victory in my life. Let's take it this way. First Peter four verse one says, "Therefore, since Christ suffered for us, he suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God." This is so good. I get excited about the word. If you're not getting excited, I'm going to get excited for you this morning. Since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind that we had. How do we get the same mind that Christ had? By knowing what his word is. By knowing what his will is. We come into that place of intimacy with God and he shows us the things that we wouldn't otherwise know unless we spend time in relationship with him. That's why we're fasting these couple of weeks for breakthrough. It's not that we believe that the fasting enacts the breakthrough. It's that we come into intimacy with Christ, and then we're able to perceive his will in the situation and be able to move in authority in that situation, whatever God's will is. And then we can operate in that place, the kingdom mindset. Christ knew he was a king, and he operated as a king. Arm yourselves with the same mind. This is what Peter is imploring to you. He didn't always have this same mind. You understand? He didn't always have it. He came into it. So that's encouragement for all of us. We're all on a journey. But I I long for the day. I long for the moment when I look around this room and every single eye is looking and every single ear is just in tune with what the Spirit is saying and our hearts are burning and bursting. Maybe that's right now. Maybe that's the the place where our hearts are are saying that, yes, I am in the same mind as Christ. I am in the same mind with Christ. I am in Christ and Christ is in me, the hope of glory. So that I can be armed. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the, the, the lusts of men, but for the will of God. That's exactly what happens when we come into the mind of Christ. We don't have to worry about sin being an issue. We don't have to worry about the lust of the world being an issue because they don't tempt us. Christ was tempted in all ways, but he conquered every single thing. Arm ourselves in the same mind of Jesus who suffered. How did Jesus suffer? We know, of course, he went to the cross for us that's often displayed and annually displayed in every church in America and probably around the world. But think about it. How did he suffer? Was he plagued with sin, like some of us maybe? Never, but he surely did have to resist it. Was he inflicted with sickness and disease? Doesn't say that. I don't believe so, but I'm sure he had to fight it off. Did he, have, did he lack enough money to accomplish his mission or to pay his bills? No, but I'm sure he had to believe God for all the provision. He was tested in all points. There is nothing he didn't face. However, the specific way Jesus suffered, as depicted throughout the book of, of Peter, if you look, in th- look throughout the entire book of Peter, first, second, and third, you're going to see that unfair treatment, especially from those in positions of authority, was the main way in which he suffered. Because he was a king, he suffered from unfair treatment. Unfair treatment from those that were in, quote-unquote, positions of authority. This was one of the highest levels of, levels of suffering that the New Testament actually talks about. It was Paul's greatest struggle. Paul went through a lot of different things. Do we, do we recognize that? We can say Paul was a hero of the faith because of what he went through. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked a couple of times. Five times he was whipped. Three times he was beaten with rods. He was imprisoned many times in perils of his own countrymen, foreigners, and and false brothers. He was slandered, mocked, mistreated, lied about, falsely accused, and the list continues. Yet... He warns us in 2 Timothy 3, verse 12 yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Will suffer persecution. Let me remind you this morning that if you're not in the kingdom of God, you will not suffer persecution. You may suffer, but you won't suffer persecution because you aren't going against the flow. You would be considered a prisoner of war. What is a prisoner of war? That's while everybody else is out on the battlefield fighting. They are encamped and enslaved by the enemy. They are imprisoned by the enemy. And I want to say, those of you that feel like you're imprisoned by the enemy this morning, whether it be some type of financial situation or some type of sickness or or some type of mindset, if you are a prisoner of war, of the kingdom of darkness this morning, I'm telling you, Jesus says, Get out. Lazarus, come forth. Those of you that are dead in your trespasses, come. Come alive in me. Come and take on my mind and live victoriously. You cannot live under the slave handler's hand any longer. You don't have to live way beneath where I have called you to be. You are a king. King is up here. There is no other thing above a king. That's it. Are you getting this this morning? Hallelujah. The ones who are advancing the kingdom are the ones that are being fired at. <laughs> Those that are advancing the lines are the ones that feel the stress of battle. But you know what? God calls us to a place. He's got such a divine setup. It's so awesome. Even in the midst of our actual warfare, even in the midst of advancing the kingdom, and in the midst of persecution. He gives us places of rest. He gives us places of perfect peace and perfect joy. Through his grace that empowers us, we can walk in these moments, and all of a sudden, from the outside looking in, by all means, we should look foolish, or we should look terrified, or we should look like those that are are okay to just go in your bedroom, close the door, turn the lights out, and let no earth in. That's what the world would say but God allows us to go through times of suffering and persecution as we advance his kingdom equipped with strength with power with glory with joy ultimate ununderstandable joy so we're gathered in fellowship today why Maybe you came just to worship. Maybe you came because you have some good friends in this place. I praise God for those things. Maybe you came to hear a good word. I don't know what you came for, but I hope that you came here this morning understanding that we're just simply here to fellowship together and prepare for battle. That the word of God that is getting poured into you this morning, you're getting armed and ready for the war that is before you. That is not only outside of those doors, but right here in between our two ears. You are getting armed for battle with the word of God this morning. Let me point some things out to you. You shouldn't be confused. Tribulation will happen to you. John 16, 33, Jesus said, in the world you might have tribulation. No, he says, you will have tribulation. In the world you will have tribulation. But here here in mind, He's saying this in the context of those that are kingdom advancing people. They are already a part of his kingdom. Paul said in Acts 14, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom. What does God's kingdom mean again? His supreme reign and rule. So through many tribulations, we enter into the supreme rule and reign of Christ. That's pretty awesome. When we look at that, we don't say, oh, you know what? I'm just suffering so that one day I can enter into the kingdom. That's not what the word of God says. We say that while we're in tribulations, while we are suffering, it is then that we enter into the rule and reign of Christ because that's where it can be enacted. When we go through those tribulations, he rules and reigns over those things. He gives you victory in those situations. He provides deliverance in those very situations. Man, this is good. I'm telling you. 1 Thessalonians 3.3 That no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you, you yourselves know that we were appointed to this. Appointed to what? Appointed to go through suffering. I'm not saying that God orchestrates or designs suffering. That is not what I'm saying. I believe God never designs for you to go through suffering but he does allow it. He's not the or he's not the origin of these things. The enemy is the creator of every single thing that comes against you. Every war, every battle, every scheme. It doesn't come from God, it comes from the enemy. But guess what? The enemy has to ask permission from the Lord for it to come against his children. So God allows it in that way. But that means if God allowed it, he also has the authority to overcome it, correct? He has the authority to shut that thing down. And my Bible says that he has transferred that authority into us as believers. He has given us that authority to take up every single thing, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers. If you take up a serpent, excuse me, not a serpent, <laughs> Careful. You take up a serpent, it will by no means harm you. When you go with the rule and reign of Christ, you are victorious in those tribulations, in those times of suffering. No good soldier ever goes to war to lose a battle. If you do, you're not a good soldier. <laughs> Every good soldier goes into battle to fight the enemy and win the war. For who? For whom? For their king, for their country, for their brothers, for their sisters, their family, their conquerors. They go to win the war. And so us as good soldiers, as Paul would put it, fight the good fight of faith this morning. Come into the rule and reign of Christ. Enter into the kingdom of God. Let me remind you this morning that you are not facing something new. Some of you would say, man, this battle is just so fierce. No one's ever gone through what I've I've gone through. Maybe perhaps in particulars. Maybe on the time and date stamp. But there's nothing new under the sun. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That tells me in the midst of tempting circumstances, when you're tempted to sin, when you're tempted to come out of the mind of Christ and into the mind of the world or the mindset of the kingdom of darkness or the mindset of Satan, then every single time God is faithful to create a way of escape out of that mindset. There's a way of escape to come out of that place of bondage. That every time you are tempted, you can't say, oh, I just succumbed to that temptation. I'm, I'm not trying to make you be a person of works this morning. I'm trying to bring you into victory. Bring you into that place where you can rest in the presence of God, knowing every single temptation. Nope. Uh-uh. Not today. Not today. Lust comes your way. You see something on a screen or whatever. Not today. When you have financial pressure and all this kind of stuff, you like, you see different things that are happening. Oh, not today. When I got a call about this sign out there, you know, you could be thinking, oh, man, that's thousands of dollars for a new sign. But what did I say? <laughs> it cost me. I started laughing. I was literally on my way here to meet meet Caesar. Caesar was the one who understood what was going on. He saw the police here, and we met the police when everything was going on with that sign. But (laughs) I was coming down the hill from the speedway, and I just began to laugh. I began to laugh with just pure joy. I said, God, you're giving us a new sign. Thank you, Lord. You are giving us a new sign, and we don't even have to pay for it. That's the mindset when you are in the kingdom. Now, maybe even a week ago, if I wasn't praying and fasting, I might not have had that same mindset. I'm just being honest. But in that moment, I had the mind of the kingdom. And I'm telling you, when you go into a struggle and you get that bill that comes in the mail or you get someone knocking on your door saying, man, I'm sorry, this happened, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? You are now given an opportunity for God's kingdom to be at work. You are now handed an opportunity for his rule and his reign to come in. And my God is a God of abundance. My God is a God of no lack. Hallelujah. When you go into that place of temptation to fall into that that place of worry or anxiety or depression, you can go into that place and say, not today, devil. I come into the mind of Christ, the rule and reign of Christ, which says you have no authority over me. You have no authority over my body. You cannot bring sickness in my body because I opened up that door to anxiety and worry and unbelief and and, and fear and torment. All those cohorts, all those strongholds that try to wage warfare against the body of Christ and everybody seemingly in this hour. These are not new things. These are all common to man. I'm not making this light of your situation. I'm saying focus on the largeness The largeness of our God, the authority of our king, and the fact that we are kings in this earth, reigning with Christ, with Christ, seated in heavenly places, operating in that very same authority. It's not just, God, will you do it? If it be your will, will you do it? Hear me, I I understand, you know, there's, we want to be in the will of God. But more often than not, this is what I'm addressing. This, this issue alone, don't hear what I'm not saying. When we're saying, if it be your will, quite often we're just leaving it up to chance because we don't really believe that God will do it. Let's be honest. You see the kingdom, but you're not entering into the kingdom. Jesus, help us walk into the kingdom. Help us walk into that place of breakthrough. You know, (laughs) there's so many times. You guys have probably been through this. I'm not going to be much longer. You guys have probably been through this. When sickness tries to come against your body, there's usually signs, right? Symptoms that begin to happen. You get into those moments where it's actually a mind game more than it is a physical thing that's going on in your body. You're like... I get a sniffle. I get a cold. That's where your mind goes, right? I got a cough. Oh, man. This hour, is that, is that COVID? Come on, you're laughing because you've thought it. And you understand that it can happen easily. There's no condemnation in that. I'm just saying how the mind works. But all of a sudden, we begin to dwell on those things. It could be as simple as that. But then all of a sudden, it becomes more and more and all of a sudden, we take on that spirit of infirmity into our lives. We take on that agreement with that, that infirmity, and we say, Yeah, that, that's that's my cough. That's 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 my sniffle. That's up, oh, that's my disease. Oh, the doctor said I have cancer, that's my cancer, and just leave it at that. I'm not trying to make 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 fun of anyone in this place. I'm saying when that happens, according to the kingdom and the rule of God, the supreme rule and reign of Christ, when you get that, 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 that diagnosis, you say, okay, I thank you for what you see in the natural, but my God is above the natural and the supernatural and every other realm that there is. So in this moment, even though cancer can be quote unquote seen or implied to be a part of this body, if it's there, it's got to get out right now. Because it has no place in this body. It has no authority to rule and reign over me. I'm not just speaking faith. I'm speaking the word of God this morning. I don't want you living below the standard of what God has for us. We've done it way too long. Way too long, Fire Church. Way too long, Mom. Way too long, Dad. It's time to break free. And I know some of you, you've been in that place where you've battled with this back and forth. And I understand sometimes it's a lengthy thing. It's not just simply as easy as I'm making it out to be, as you just one time simply say, okay, get out, and it's out. Sometimes it happens that way. There's other times where it's a consistent battle because the enemy is an enemy of the long fight. He's the one that preys on your weakness, and when you're tired and when you're exhausted, that's when he loves to come in. He loves to come in because he knows you're weary and your mind doesn't want to come into the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't want to come into alignment with the kingdom of God. It just wants to succumb to whatever's easiest. And so sometimes there's lengthy fights that we have with sickness or lengthy fights that we have with different ailments. I'm not saying that you are not in the kingdom of God if you're still dealing with these things. I'm saying that you are in the kingdom of God. Act like it. Continue to walk it through till you see the manifestation of that reality of God, till the miracle actually manifests itself that you see it because it's supposed to be yours. Are you understanding this this morning? Talking about a church that's armed and dangerous. Not a chance. A church that's leaving things a chance and is pale and pathetic. Living on the drip of society and social media. Living on the drip of fear and bondage. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this is truth. You never have to lose. You never have to lose. There are some times when we do. But I'm telling you, based on what I see, based on the Father that I know, based on the Jesus that I come into, we never have to lose. God is greater than every single circumstance in every situa- situation. Again, I alluded to this verse earlier. Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, my Bible says nothing, yours does too. That means nothing. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you when you are living in the supreme rule and reign of Christ. He has given us that authority. The Antichrist spirits are all the ones that Christ defeated while He walked the earth. They've been around since He, he, he continuing on to try to hamper and, and hinder the church. But these are the ones that He defeated. He is the one who lives in you. He is the one who lives in you. Again, Ephesians 1, we started out in this verse, verse 19. And so that you will begin to know what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. Do you believe this morning? These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, now thanks be to God, I love this verse, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. The fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Jen, you had an awesome dream last night. I know it's getting late, but you, can you hear a dream? Okay, if I put you on the spot, I know she's saying, Oh my God. Or do you want me to just share for you? I'll give you grace. You want me to do that? (laughs) Come on. You can do it. You can do it.
1: Okay, I, um, I am a dreamer, but not like, sometimes I just, I guess Chris calls them like, what do you call, like taco dreams, pizza dreams, so sometimes I dream like way out there, and I'm like, whew, I don't know where that came from, that was like left field, but um, I, I had a dream last night, and I, I didn't think it was too much into it, but um, some in this room will get a kick out of it, but I was in a field, and um, there was an outer edge of this field that was cleared, but there was rose bushes all over the lining of this field, and I was told to go and cut them, cut these rose bushes back, and I didn't think anything of it because this is something that I I do do at home and other places. I do prune rose bushes, so I'm pruning these rose bushes back, and then I don't only prune them, I start to burn them, and I found, I found that weird because I'm like, in my dream, I'm like, heck, like, why why am I setting this rose bush on fire? Like, they're beautiful. Like, why am I burning them? And um, I started to get, like, kind of annoyed at myself in my dream, and I'm like, okay, that's really weird. Like, why, I don't know why I'm going around burning these pretty flowers. And then behind me, there was people planting bushes and flowers, like, as I was burning these bushes. And um, I woke up. I didn't think anything more of it. I, I dreamt crazy dreams after that. And um, I'm taking Zoe to worship this morning, and a song came on, and it was just Maverick City, and it was um, worthy of it all, talking about an incense. And automatically, the Lord said, you was burning an incense. That was it. And, um, And I found it odd. I was telling Chris, I was like, sometimes God takes things, is beautiful, he burns an incense unto him. And then he didn't let it, you know, through the pruning and through, you know, getting that down to the ground, then an incense and offering was lifted up unto him. But he didn't leave it void because he already had a plan in place because there was people behind me. What were they doing? They were planting. So, in that dream, I'm just like, that's God's promises wrapped up into one that, you know, yes, there was something beautiful, and yes, He had to prune it back. And then sometimes He requires us to even go farther than that, just a pruning, but a burning. But then the plan in place was He had people in alignment, the body, to start. Pruning.
0: I think that's a beautiful picture. I just read that verse. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. I believe that comes through the pruning. It comes through the fire. Roses are an amazing bush because they're some of the most beautiful scents that you can have. There's other flowers that do, but roses... Genuine roses, not chemically, artificially created roses like you would buy in most stores. If you actually get a genuine rose, it smells beautiful. And I'm telling you, the Lord is bringing incense from us. He's releasing a fragrance through us as these things come. As we go through the pruning, as we go through the fires of tribulation, we're able to take the command or the promise that we triumph in every place we triumph in every place i want to tell you even in the natural there isn't anything that could happen to us to where god cannot triumph or receive the glory or receive the victory even in death what does it say death where is your sting where is your victory I tell you, there is no victory there in the the world's eyes, but in the kingdom of God, we know that death is not an end. It's just a continuation of where we've been. If we'd entered into the kingdom of God in this life, we'd just continue on into the next. Isn't that an amazing thing? But regardless of what trial we go through, regardless of what breakthrough you are crying out for right now, today, Fire family, I'm telling you, let the fragrance of God go up. Let the incense arise. Let the worship arise. In essence, is what I got out of that was that our lives are worship unto God. It's not about the song that we th- sing, and I want the worship team actually to come to help me, as ironic as that may be. But I'm telling you, it's our lives that are, is worship. It's our lives that is real worship. That in the moments of our struggle, when we're trying to come into the mind of Christ, when we're tempted to come out of it, and we surrender to God, we surrender to his will, which says, I have called you to triumph in all things. That's our worship. That's our worship. Because otherwise, we would succumb and we would serve our flesh, which ultimately leads to death. Leads to bondage. First John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Would you stand with me this morning? His grace is sufficient for us in every single battle the empowering grace of God to give us victory. I know there's some of you that may have to go right now and I release you to do that, but I really sense that there's a holy moment that's happening in this place right now because there's minds that have shifted and are now cultivated for what God wants to do. Sometimes we get so much into uh, a habit and a a thing, okay, this is the point, we're standing up, We'll, we'll be done soon, but you know what? There might be a moment right now For your breakthrough that won't come again. I'm telling you, seize the opportunity right now. I believe that there's an opportunity for us to worship and allow incense to rise to heaven, that in the midst of your pruning, in the midst of whatever has been burning, that you're saying, God, receive the fragrance, receive the song. I lift up a song to you in my pain. I lift up a song to you in my suffering. I left up a song, even though in the, in the natural, I still feel pain. I still feel infirmity. It doesn't look like anything's changed. God, I grab a hold of that which is in heaven, and I pull it from my reality right now. Your rule and your reign supreme. You rule and you reign in this moment. Right now, Fire Church, every eye closed. You want to lift your hands? You can lift your hands, but make this be a sovereign, sober moment unto God, a place of worship unto our King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has promised us that my grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, my strength is perfected. My strength is perfected. We come into that strength right now, God. We come into the place where we say, Lord, we come deeper into you. We worship you. We adore you, O King of kings and Lord of lords. We magnify you. In essence, we make you larger. We make you larger than the situation. We make you larger than the spirit of fear. We make you larger. We make you larger than the spirit of anxiety. We make you larger than sickness and disease. We make you larger than the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. We make you larger, God. We make you larger. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Just all over the sanctuary, just start lifting up your voice. Start lifting up your voice. Hallelujah. If you have a prayer language, start praying in the spirit. Because sometimes our mind is having trouble flipping from darkness into light. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we're here to entertain you, not ourselves, God. We're here to entertain you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, O breath of God. O power of God. Come right now through the sanctuary and touch every heart, touch every mind. (laughs) Baptize us afresh in the Holy Spirit and with fire and with fire and with fire and with fire that the fragrance can arise. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. If you want to come up to this altar to get more freedom, go ahead and do so. Let's worship the Lord.